most startling, one of the most disappointing, disheartening events in the history of our sport. The darkest moment in the history of our sport. How's it going, everybody? This is the Nitty Gritty. My name is Chad. With me is Leonard. We do a wrestling show here for you, and we cover various topics. Sometimes we will take a, an event, a pay-per-view, that was deemed bad or unanimously bad or one of the worst ever, and we will rebook it according to what we think would have been a better event. This time, it's going to be a little bit different. We are going to be covering WrestleMania X7, WrestleMania 17, only instead of rebooking it to make it better, we are going to be unbooking it to make it as bad as we can because WrestleMania X7 is widely considered one of the best pay-per-views of all time. And we'll get to the original card here in a second. But uh, just some background on WrestleMania X7. It took place on April 1st, 2001 at the Reliant Astrodome in Houston, Texas. It uh, had a 67,925 people in attendance. It grossed 3.5 million. And as I said, it was uh, very acclaimed in terms of wrestling critics. I don't know how many of those there are. I remember watching this event live and uh you know at the time i just thought it was a really exciting and really fulfilling wrestling pay-per-view uh i remember being you know shocked by some of the things that went on we'll get to the card here in a minute but uh i really liked it obviously you know with stone cold's heel turn i didn't see that coming um but it wasn't at the time that i thought oh this is one of the greatest wrestlemanias i've ever seen you know, I think sometimes things like that have to percolate and, you know, kind of let them uh, fester for years or so until you really think of it that way. But I don't know, Leonard, what do you think? Do you remember watching this live? No, uh, no I was watching the product, of course, at the time, but I wasn't watching uh, the pay-per-views. You know, we weren't getting those. Uh, so it was like I would get the fallout, you know, the next night on Raw and such. Uh, but I do, I, I know I, I've seen it. Uh, it's, it's been a while, and I think it was after the point where, given time, people were like, Oh, this is such a great show, this is one of the best shows ever. And you know, it, it really is. It, it's great talent up and down the card. Uh, a lot of the feuds, storylines, angles going into the show were really well done and put together. Matches were, were really good. So I think it was just a confluence of everything coming together at the right time for WWE. And it's interesting to note that this might be considered the high point of the Attitude Era, while at the same time, the jump the shark point of the Attitude Era. Because I think things start to go down from this point um and a lot of it has to do with the fact that you know austin was working less because of injuries rock was starting to make movies um undertaker was starting to work less at this time etc uh so you know it's a slow progression from this point until we get to the ruthless aggression era right uh, but 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 of course this is, is an excellent show up and down the card i think there is a key to making it bad which i'll get to after you go over the card yeah, you know what? I just thought of uh, something that, well, I mean, obviously, this is a big background piece of information going into this. I didn't incorporate this into my card, but uh, obviously, right before this, Vince famously had the uh, multicast of Raw Nitro. Yes. Declared that he bought WCW 
uh, which was a huge moment for wrestling. And uh, that, so that just happened as well. So there was a lot going on here. And I think you make a good point as far as this being uh, a high point and the jumping the shark point, because uh, as we would see with the invasion angle um, and how that didn't really go the way anybody wanted it to, um, it would start to kind of go downhill a little bit for various reasons. But uh, yeah, and to mention, I did not use any WCW talent either because that's what I thought you were referring to. I was no, like, yeah, he, he used a bunch of WCW people. No, no, I, I did, I did not, I did not. Uh, that wouldn't be considered cheating. <laughs> they had not been incorporated into the product yet, although I guess right. WWE technically owned them. And of course, there were a lot of, of top talent that did not come over. They set out their contracts. Uh, you and know, some of the guys did appear. They did the, some of the guys on WCW did appear in one of the luxury boxes. At this event. Oh yeah, uh, that's right. Yeah, that's no, right. Nobody, that nobody's super well known like Stasiak and like people like that. Like nobody that anybody. Cared. Yeah, it was, it was the power plant guys that they got for cheap, I think. But right. yes, no, I did not incorporate any WCW count. Right. So let's get to the original card the way it was presented. Um, the pre pay per view Sunday Night Heat match was X Factor, which is just incredible, and X Pac with Albert defeating Grandmaster Sexe and Steve Blackman. Uh, the opening match on the WrestleMania pay-per-view was Chris Jericho defeating William Regal for the Intercontinental Championship. We then had a six-man match, Taz and the APA, with Jacqueline defeating the right to censor Bull Buchanan, the God, the good father, excuse me, and Val Venus with Steven Richards. We had then Kane defeating Raven and the Big Show, which was a triple threat hardcore match. For the hardcore championship we then had eddie guerrero with perry saturn defeating test for the european championship we had kurt angle defeating chris benoit china defeated ivory for the women's championship shane mcmahon with linda mcmahon defeated mr mcmahon who was with stephanie mcmahon and trish stratus in a street fight mcfoley was the guest referee and then famously we had Tables, ladders, and chairs for the tag team titles. Edging Christian with Rhino, the Dudley Boys with Spike, the Hardy Boys with Lita, and Edging Christian would come out on top there. We then had the Gimmick Battle Royal, which had the Iron Sheik winning by eliminating Hillbilly Jim. We had The Undertaker defeating Triple H, and Stone Cold defeated The Rock for, in a no disqualification match for the WWF Championship. So it was a stacked card. Uh, a lot of great matches there and there are plenty of podcasts and interviews and documentaries that will talk all about the influence of some of the matches in this event and uh you know how great they are uh but that's not what we're doing today as i said we are unbooking this pay-per-view which means we are making it as bad as we can the goal here is to have a card that hopefully makes you laugh and is entertaining but it has no redeeming value whatsoever you want to leave this show thinking i would not like to see any of those matches that they talked about and uh, we incorporated uh, a lot of vince russo style matches and storylines possibly so that was kind of what we had to go on um at turn i think originally we were going to go with only a few vince russo matches but i went out of control leonard i don't know about you um, yeah it's very russo riffrick up and up and down my show yeah so on that note, let's start our cards here. And uh, Leonard, do you want to get us started? 
Sure thing. To mention, I have 11 matches. No dark match because everything has to be on the main show with this one. And, and what I referred to earlier, I think the key to making this bad is the gimmick battle royal because you have so many guys there available who are old and out of shape or in a terrible gimmick or both. And my original plan was actually to have all the top talent on their way to the show on a plane that goes down. Not a plane crash. I think that's morbid, but they have engine trouble and they have to land and they get stuck. So they have to put a WrestleMania together with the talent that they do have available. And then I was like, that's kind of a cheat because I'm getting rid of all the top talent guys. And I think you should use them. Try to figure out just how to use them terribly, which I hope I have done. So my first match to open the show is a shave your back match. <laughs> Prince Albert versus George the Animal Steel. All right. So the uh, only heat that Albert was getting at this time as a heel was the fans chanting, shave your back. So let's give the fans what they want. In order to shut up the crowd, Albert says that he's willing to put his back hair on the line in a match, but only against a wrestler as hairy as he is, thinking there would be no takers. But there was George the Animal Steel. And uh, who was not with the company at the time. He was doing indie show appearances, but had a good relationship with them. Would certainly come back for this, I think. Uh, and you know what? I don't think George would would lose this. I think he would want to keep the keep his hair, you know? So Albert loses and gets his back shaved, giving the people what they want, which is a Russo idea in the fact that Russo thought he was always giving the people what they wanted. Hey, you know, Leonard, I think you failed already. I want to see that match. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> like, that would be entertaining as hell to watch. I have a feeling we're both going to fail in our efforts to make a yeah. dismal event. But, yeah, that that's hilarious to me. I, <laughs> I think, you know what, I can see George the Animal Steel winning this. And, you know, I don't know. Or an easy way for him to lose is to have, like, a pretty valet or something distract him. You know, mm -hmm. you know, a la Miss Elizabeth Randy Savage feud from back in the day. Right. And there were a lot of, of, of female the talents on the card that could do that, which I'll get to. So absolutely. Well, oh. yeah, I also uh, don't have any dark matches on my pay-per-view. And I have one more match than you do. OK, I have 12. But my first match is for the hardcore championship. It is a fatal four-way. We have Raven versus Rod Rages versus Jacqueline versus Mae Young. So, hey, you wanted a hardcore match? You, you know, Raven and Big Show and uh, Kane, you know, you could do that. But, hey, Jacqueline and Mae Young are tough cookies. And uh, you put them in there with Raven and Rodney. Rod Rages from yeah. the Mean Street Posse in case yeah, that's who I thought that was. Yes. Yeah. So uh, hey, I think that this would be a hell of an opener, Leonard. What do you think? Um, I I think it would be. I like the fact you have two women and two guys. <laughs> and who do you have going over? You know what? I think it's quite obvious that May Young wins the hardcore title. That's game. what I was thinking you would say. And the fact that May is a tough old bird actually plays into my show as well we will get to <laughs> young later on my card uh but uh 
Yeah, I don't think that's quite as fun. I think that's more of, of a horrendous matchup, although you could have some cool weapon spots, I right. guess. So, so far, then, I'm succeeding. I think you're winning. You're beating me at this point. <laughs> so match number two for me is a tuxedo match, Jim Cornette versus Bruce Pritchard. So as we know now from their podcast, Cornette and Pritchard have begrudgingly respect for each other, right. uh, but certainly have issues with each other. Uh, Riso loved to bring out backstage stuff to the forefront. So this would be about Pritchard and Cornette not getting along when they work together in WWE creative, which included some time with Vince Russo. Right. Um, both worked the gimmick battle Royal with Pritchard being brother love. Uh, what well, might make sense for Pritchard to win here uh, as he was still with the company. Cornette was running OVW at the time. Cornette has a famous tuxedo match win over uh, Paul Heyman back when he was right. so I really like the idea of Jim Cornette being able to brag that he is like the king of the tuxedo match and that he has like is perfect in tuxedo matches so I like Cornette uh to win here in the in the tuxedo match over uh Bruce Pritchard I like it and that would be an absolutely horrendous match with no redeeming value whatsoever so. oh and I should mention another Russo element here he would always book people who didn't wrestle in matches that's true Referees, ballets you were not a wrestler but you would wrestle in a match so that's some another element to that one what a good point you make leonard yes. so my next oh. match <laughs> my next match we have the tlc match for the tag team titles only sadly hardy's and edge and christian couldn't make it their flight got delayed, so the Dudley boys have to defend their titles against the teams, two teams. On one team, we have the Brooklyn Brawler and S.A. Rios. And on, and on the other team, we have Kevin Kelly and Jim Ross. In a TLC match for the tag team titles. And I think we could have S.A. Rios and the Brooklyn Brawler have the upset win here, much to the chagrin of the crowd. Yes, I could, I could see that. Um, what's the connection between, is, is Rios, is he, forgive me, is he Puerto Rican? You know what? Uh, off the top of my head, I do not know his nationality. Okay, be, be, because, you know, there's a very strong Puerto Rican contingent in New York. So I was trying to connect. You're trying to make a connection between Rios and Brawler. You know, <laughs> maybe there was some sort of New York connection between the two of them. I, I I wasn't sure, but I was thinking when you said that, I would say like S.A. Rios is probably the person most suited to be in a ladder match of all those guys, yeah, and would probably be the easiest to climb and get the belts. True, and I, and I could see this like Bubba Ray and Devon being distracted by Ross and Kelly, like one yeah. through tables. And that distraction allows Rios to get the belts. And that at this would, point in my card, there's people leaving. They didn't want yes, to see Jim Ross already. and Kevin Kelly in a match, but that's what they got. All right. My third match might put some butts back in the seats. It is a brawn panties vat of whipped cream six-pack challenge for the WWE women's title. Champion Ivory defending against Deborah. Trish, Trish Stratus, Lita, Jacqueline, and Tori, not Tori Wilson, but what I call original string Tori, T-O-R-I. So Russo loved these eye candy matches, very humiliating to the women's 
scantily clothes, wrestling in vats of different things. Right. Um, and at the same time, we could bury the women's title in a nothing <laughs> match. Yeah, it's true. And since Deborah is the worst worker here and had the most over puppies, according to Jerry Lawler, I would give Deborah the win and the title belt. Absolutely. And as much as I would love to watch this match, it would be horrendous and also eye-catching at the same time. So yes. Yeah. Again, I think I think you're winning this. I, I think I, my matches are too fun. My matches are too fun. <laughs> well. Let's see what you think by my next match, okay. um, which, you know, we know that Mick Foley appeared mm -hmm. at this event, but in this case, he is dude love and he is going to be facing Michael Hayes with the stipulation being that if whoever wins gets the Freebird moniker attached to their legacy. So if Michael Hayes loses, he is no longer considered a Freebird. And dude love is, and that is the stipulation. It makes no sense. It's stupid. Yeah, why I did it. <laughs> right, right, right. You don't know what to think. I can see by your face. You're like, I don't. Know I know. I'm trying because I'm trying to think of like, like how this would have came about, and I can't think of a reasonable way how this came yeah. about. Or like, would you? Would you have Terry? Terry Gordy was Terry Gordy still alive at this point? I think he was still alive, but he yeah. was not really he, working. He was not doing well. Because I'm trying to think, like, could you bring in Jimmy Garvin or something? <laughs> yeah, you could, I guess. Like, I, I would love to see... Dude, like, love would, Dude Love would win this, and he would be known as the the ultimate free bird. And, uh, you know, it would be eliminated from Michael Hayes' resume. Yes. I, I could see that actually being, like, a storyline, though, that that after coming out of this, that Foley would form, like, a new version of the Freebirds with... They can I have feel like some sort of hippie fight, you know, like dude yeah. love considers himself, you know, you know, more of a man of that generation than Michael Hayes was. And, you know, you could create something. Yes. It wouldn't be entertaining, but you could create something. No, no. I don't know. Those two guys are entertaining. I think they could pull something out of their butts. It wouldn't be great, but it might be something, which I think is more than you can say for anything you've booked so far. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, maybe you're right. <laughs> All right. So next up, I have a double reverse battle royal for the WWE Intercontinental title. 20 men involved here. Champion Chris Jericho defending against William Regal, Kane, Big Show, Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, Perry Saturn, Test, uh, Kurt Angle. I think I wrote Kane here twice on my list. Uh, <laughs> so Steve Black, let's throw Steve Blackman in there because he's not doing anything. Edge, Christian, Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy, Justin Incredible, X-Pac, Taz, Farouk, Bradshaw, and Rhino. So, in my research, I found out that Russo invented the reverse battle royal used in TNA. So, I'm taking that. I'm going up next level. We're going next level with the reverse battle royal. It's a double reverse battle royal, bro. So, everyone starts out on the floor, bro. And you fight to get in the ring, bro. And when you get thrown out, you fight to get back in the ring, bro. And then you have to get thrown out a second time to be fully eliminated, bro. <laughs> That's chaotic. It makes no sense. It's super complicated. Yeah. And it's chaos. And no one will understand what's going on. That and there crazy. was so much great talent that I didn't use. And I was trying to think, how can I use these guys, but in the worst way possible? Like, how can I waste completely waste all of these very talented 
and or over workers that were on the roster at the time. So doing this super crazy, chaotic reverse battle royal, I get to bury another title, get to bury the IC title. <laughs> and just to maintain the status quo so everything's completely moot, Jericho would retain. So there's no outcome. There's no, there's no like net gain, I guess you could there's say. There's no real point to it. <laughs> zero, zero point to doing, doing the double reverse battle royal. Well, it's funny because it, my next match is similar to yours. <laughs> oh. And, you know, it's one of the matches that I kept kind of the same. So in the original, you had the gimmick battle royal. Yeah. And I kept that pretty much the same, only I made it, obviously, a reverse battle royal. Only instead of destroying a title, which is what Leonard did, I destroyed fans' images of legends in that they have to start outside the ring and fight to get inside the ring. And since most of them are old and out of shape and can't do that, it looks horrible. Uh, people's images of these guys are destroyed. And, you know, it takes forever. And once they get into the ring, some of them can't then get back out the correct way. And as the rules go for reverse battle royal, the last two then have a singles match. <laughs> so you then end with a singles match between the Iron Sheik and Brother Love. And, uh, yeah, by that point, people have been are almost fed up with my event. So. Yeah. Who else is in that battle royal? Or Everybody that I guess was in the original. <laughs> Everyone. Okay. So it doesn't matter. Everyone else. Who wins? Sheik, Sheik still wins or, or Brother Love wins? Why not have Sheik win still? <laughs> Sheik win. Sheik, I think a Sheik win is because they always said Sheik won because he couldn't take the bump outside. Sheik wins with a small, a small package. <laughs> there you go. On Brother Love. <laughs> so my next match is maybe my personal favorite of my entire card. It is Triple H versus the Invisible Man. <laughs> so Vince Russo will totally book something despite someone he doesn't like at the expense of the company. Uh, if you know the Brawl for All story. So this would be during the period where Triple H was considering himself to be like the greatest wrestler of all time. I can certainly hear him in the back saying, you know, oh, I could put on a four-star classic by myself. And, and Russo going, well, do it, bro. So leading up to WrestleMania, Triple H in matches, he would look like he was tripped, but nobody was there. He would look like he got hit back in the, in the back of the head. Nobody was there. He'd be doing promos in the back. And you would hear sounds or things would get thrown across the camera. And nobody's there. And eventually it would come out that the Invisible Man was ready to play the game. Now, certain wrestlers not at this time, but, but, you know, in our history, have wrestled the Invisible Man. Joey Janelle, I know, did. And I want to say Kenny Omega did, but I couldn't find a reference to that when I was looking. So anyway, in the match, Triple H would basically wrestle himself and he would submit to an inverted Indian deathlock. Now, how you put an inverted Indian deathlock on yourself, I don't know, and I don't care. <laughs> well... That certainly is one that I did not think of, The Invisible Man. But uh, kudos to you, because that Thank would you. be uh, horrid to watch based on the fact that it's Triple H. Like, if you had Kurt Angle being the person wrestling The Invisible Man, yeah. it would actually be entertaining to a certain extent. But since it's Triple H, it would not be no. <laughs> in any way. Wow. I wonder how many people are still going to be listening to this at this point. So, Ronnie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, my number five match is a tag team match for the European Championship. And it is a feud that was never resolved, really, that should have been. We have Stephanie McMahon and Triple H against Test and Tori. Okay. So Russo would uh, do these matches every now and then. We know how, uh, maybe you don't, how Arquette won the WCW world title um, in a similar situation. So in this situation, anybody who gets, anybody who pins anybody really on each team, that person, whoever gets, does the pinning wins the European championship. So you would have to have then Tory pinning Triple H to win the European title. Nice. What do you think, Leonard? I, I love it. And uh, I just want to hear the backstage uh, negotiations to get Triple H to, to job to Tory. Because <laughs> this is still existing in, I guess, a, a real-ish universe. Yeah. But I, I, love, I love the idea. Yeah, because not only would Russo have, like, singles belts and tag matches, he would have tag belts and singles matches. Yeah. I thought about doing that, which I did not. Uh, my next bout uh, is a brawl-for-all, tough-man-style boxing match. Again, Russo was – that was a huge part of Russo's legacy is this brawl-for-all that destroyed careers and storylines and was a complete mess. And so I wanted, I thought about doing a brawl for all tournament that was overkill. I'm just going to do one brawl for all match. And it's going to be China versus Mae Young with the fabulous Moolah in her corner. <laughs> so Mae Young, as mentioned earlier, she was a tough old bird. Like that was the thing about her. She would go through tables. She would, you know, do spots at her age. She was in her upper 70s, the early 80s, I think, during the period, this period when she was working. So what I all I imagine is this China just beating the crap out of Mae Young and she just keeps coming like a Terminator. She just keeps getting up and keeps coming and keeps coming and keeps coming till eventually China would lay her out. As much as I would love to see Mae Young win this, even with a, a, a small minuscule piece of logic, <laughs> I think China would still win this brawl for all boxing match, but I don't want it to be easy for her. Well, we had similar ideas there, but I'm not at that yet. Okay. Uh, my next is not actually a match. Um, sure. It, it is a wedding. Oh, there you go. Nice. The fabulous Moolah Mary Steve Blackman. Why? <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. The storyline to that could have been hilarious or awful or both, you know. Yes. Uh, Steve Blackman marries the fabulous Moolah. They're in love. And uh, we, we all loved Mae Young and mark henry right yeah right what do you think Leonard? would you like to watch I, that i i would not like to i i don't think i would want to watch that <laughs> I think... well, since i have one more match than you i guess i should <laughs> i'll go just list my next match okay I, w- I would like to mention i could see russo doing that because steve blackman to russo would have no personality right and he's like bro we gotta give you some personality bro so we're gonna marry you to, to fabulous moolah bro that's hey i think we'd all love to see it yeah. Uh, I don't care what anybody says. My next match mm-hmm. is for the WWF Women's Championship, and it is a brawl for all match between Ivory and Deborah. And <laughs> as we as we all know, the brawl for all was horrible, and it caused injuries, and uh, there was nothing good that came out of that. And it was a Russo idea, and uh, I can't think of a worse opponent for Ivory. 
other than Deborah. So. Right. As I mentioned in my women's title match, you know, I Deborah was the worst. I like the idea of like Deborah, like she tries to go into Ivory, but because her breasts are so large, like 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 it kind of counteracts her reach. So Ivory just like keeps just jabbing her in the boobs like the entire time. <laughs> I like that. I like that. It reminds me, uh, oh man, what movie was that? I think it was Kingpin where they did a skit. Oh, something, yeah. All right, Leonard, what's your next one? Oh, who does Ivory retain? No. I I, no. I want to say that uh, you know, maybe the right to censor turns on Ivory. And mm -hmm. uh, you know, Deborah wins via outside interference. Because Deborah would be a get for them because she's more of an uh, much like C. Richard turned the good father of Valvinus, Deborah's a better get. That's right. I like that. Look at me trying to put the logic into these. <laughs> Look at me trying to logically book this crap. Okay, so my next match is I, I I think it's my worst match, as in it's it's my least maybe creative match. Um, is a trash cans only hardcore bout for the WWE hardcore title. Uh, Raven, who is champion, versus Duke the Dumpster Drozzy. So, <laughs> so Drozzy with the company. He, he was in the gimmick battle royal. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He came in the gimmick battle royal. Therefore, he's usable because he physically worked on the show. That's true. So, you know, oh, that's a, that is a character that I think people now consider so bad it's good. Like, people have a soft spot in their heart for Duke the Dumpster. And maybe that's why I shouldn't have used, used him here. You should but, you uh, make him a mystery opponent. You know, it's a trash cans only hardcore match. We don't know who's coming out. Who could it be? <laughs> It's not fitting a opponent that it could be Duke the Duke Duke Duke. <laughs> and, and 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 I like that it's it's you know it could be any trash can. It can be like those metal Oscar the Grouch trash cans. It could be like recycling bins, dumpsters, whatever. And because this is the Duke's wheelhouse, I want I want Drozzy to win the hardcore title and become the hardcore champion. He can drop it the next night on Raw, no problem. But Duke wins. All right. I like it. Mm -hmm. um, I think that he should have a title run. Yeah. I really do. Um, so my next match is a buried alive casket match between The Undertaker and Paul Bearer. Okay. And it is the feud that we never, the match we never got to see. And so in this match, not only do you have to put the person in the casket, but you then need to put the casket into the ground <laughs> and you need to bury the casket. So it is very cumbersome and long oh. and, you know, probably not very entertaining to see somebody drag the casket into the grave and uh, then attempt to bury it. Buried alive matches are not very well received and they do not no. age well. And uh, this one, this one would be a doozy. And you know what? Bear ends the streak. Bear, he does. Bear ends the streak. Mick Foley is there, so you could have, you know, Kane. You could have Mick Foley as Mankind. All of Bear's favorites um, right. to help him. And maybe at one point, the Undertaker gets him in the casket, and but doesn't bury him. And then when the casket opens, surprise! Paul Bear has turned into Percy Pringle, and uh, <laughs> stuff that just doesn't make any sense and maybe the audience has no idea what's going on 
No, no, I would say 95% of that audience would not know who Percy Pringle was, considering he, oh, wow, he was in Florida and Texas, and yeah. that was very regional. So We are in Texas, Leonard. That's true. So the Texas fans might know Percy. If I remember correctly, he I think he managed Rick Rude for World Class. Five point. people will recognize who that is. Yes, yes. So I think I use The Undertaker worse than you do. Oh, wow. See, I'm impressed then. I think I used him worse. Now, I didn't end the streak. I couldn't make myself end the streak. Even even but, in an unbooking? Even in an unbooking, I couldn't end the streak. <laughs> but I probably should. Uh, it's Undertaker versus Linda McMahon. Oh, my God. <laughs> See, I just didn't want to toss Taker into the gimmick, into my double reverse battle royal. Right. And I was just trying to think, like, who's the absolute worst opponent for the Undertaker to face? And who's the absolute worst opponent for anybody to face? And it would, of course, be Linda McMahon, an old woman who's never wrestled ever. <laughs> so the storyline being, Linda is just tired of the Undertaker being in her shit. You know, she was in, he was she was in cahoots with Vince. He kidnapped Stephanie. She wants the Undertaker gone. So the match starts. She takes the Undertaker to Dick Kick City, as Brian Zane would say, <laughs> and he would no sell it and hit a tombstone on her and pin her in about 30 seconds so not only is this the absolute worst undertaker match i could think of and no i didn't in the streak but you also get the least amount of undertaker one of the most over people ever in the wwe gets like the entrance lasts 10 times longer than the match yeah yeah he's looking at maybe (laughs) five minutes total on the show i like i like it although i hate it i think that's the whole point i think that that would be an absolutely terrible thing to see yeah um but you know what mission accomplished mm-hmm. so my number nine match is for the intercontinental title okay and that means it is chris jericho versus you thought that he won the rumble but not in my universe chris jericho versus stone cold steve austin for the intercontinental title but it's an arm wrestling match okay i was waiting on the other shoe to drop because i'm like well that's yeah. a good match. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like I would like to see that, but not if it's an arm wrestling match. Um, and you know what? The Intercontinental title is no longer relevant after this match. Mm-hmm. It has been uh, diluted to the point of nothing because it's being defended in an arm wrestling encounter. Mm-hmm. And uh, arm wrestling matches uh, in rest, you know, in professional wrestling are not really that fun to watch because the same thing usually happens. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, what do you think? You know, I hate to do this to you, but I'm going to give you one worse. I would say do that Jericho versus Austin, but make it a pose down. A pose down. Well, I have something similar oh. in the future. Not exactly a pose down. It's not a sorry, pose down. Sorry to give a spoiler there. No, but, no, no, no right. Because, see, that's great because you have two really great workers. I mean, we know these guys can put on a really good match with, right. with each other, but you're not allowing them to do that. Being an arm wrestling match, just kind of in the gates anything would both these guys sell the hell out of it yes would they do a lot of pre-match you know theatrics yes but the actual arm wrestling match would be terrible (laughs) next up uh i kept i kept the tlc match for the tag team titles i think you have to right which you did so the champions still the dudley boys bubba rain devon with spike dudley they will be defending against uh, Kamala and Kim Chi with Harvey Whippleman, the twin towers of Big Boss Man and Akeem, and the natural disasters of Earthquake and Typhoon. Uh, 
So all these guys were involved in the gimmick battle royal. That's why they're available. I'm pretty sure kimchi is Steve Lombardi. So the idea here is that it's a bunch of old fat dudes in a ladder match. None of these guys could really climb a ladder. Nor do they want to. Nor do they what they want to. Yeah. So let's use a Russo staple of people not even being in a match, winning a match. Right. So I would have Whippleman climb the ladder to get the titles for his guys. Spike Dudley climbs the other side to cut him off. Harvey grabs one title. Spike grabs the other. They come to the ground, and your new WWE tag team champions are Spike Dudley and Harvey Whippleman. <laughs> I love that in all of its chaos and stupidity. Yes. And, uh, it's got to be tripping on acid, Spike Dudley. Oh, it is definitely tripping on acid. Yeah, Spike I like Dudley. I like that. That's totally – it would totally make sense. That's totally something Russo would do, too. Like, yeah. You know, these are the guys that have the belts. So that must mean they win the titles. <laughs> <laughs> right right and that, and that that would seem to be something at the last minute when they say well none of these guys can really climb a ladder and he goes yeah well you know whippleman's bike good enough i love that we both kept the tlc stipulations yeah. wanted to make it terrible <laughs> right i think you have to it's such just an ingrained part of x7 and it's also such an easy gimmick to make terrible with the right people right well my number 10 match you know at wrestlemania 5 we had the mega powers exploding mm-hmm. But at WrestleMania X7, we have Too Cool exploding. We have Scotty Too Hottie versus Grandmaster Sexay in a dance-off. In a dance-off. Yeah. Who wants to see that? No one. Nobody ever. These guys were super over at the time. I don't think anybody really wanted them to break up, nor if they did, I don't think anybody really wanted to see the match uh, because these guys on their own really didn't make much sense. So, uh, yeah, dance off, Leonard. Who do you think would win this? I'll let you choose. Oh, God. I, you know what? I think, I think, um, who did the worm? Which, Scotty, how do you not Scotty. remember that? I know it's one or the other. It's like <laughs> I know the difference between the two of those guys. I would say Scotty Too Hotty wins because of the worm. There you go. The worm is, is over. The That's worm is fair. over. See, the crowd's getting a little bit up after that. Yeah. I, th- I, th- I think I could see them being in depending if it's short i could see them getting into it but on your show that should be like a half hour right yeah like a half hour dance off it'll be a half hour and then you know you could also just have you know rikishi comes in and he's not even in the match maybe he wins somehow yes i don't know yeah Yeah. it should be like they should be dancing to like the extended like uh vinyl was it the 12 inch of uh, rapper's delight (laughs) <laughs> like the 20 like the 24 minute version of rappers delight is what they should be dancing to all right uh, so this is my 10th match i'm pretty sure it is a hair versus hair match stone cold steve austin versus the iron cheek <laughs> so yes i basically used the same gimmick twice on the same show with bald guys in each hair match so the shave your back match to open and the hair versus hair match now um see so the loser would get their facial hair shaved because both guys had facial hair and i want to see chic get the trademark mustache shaved i think that's more devastating than austin's goatee because he was clean right. for a long time right. so i would have Sheiky baby eat a stunner and get the mustache shaved that would probably be the worst stunner ever um oh it would be the worst sell i don't i don't think he would sell it i just think he would like kind of go back and like like just like go to his knees and then just kind of just easily lay 
like very slowly himself down. It could. It might. Yeah, that's horrible. That's God. Is that your semi main? That's my semi main. That's yeah. That's the. That's next to last. Yeah. Well, my semi main. You know, on the original card, we had Vince versus Shane in a street fight. You know, I don't think that that's who the feud really should have been between. I think it should be Linda McMahon versus Vince McMahon in a wheelchair submission match. And, uh, you know, they're both in wheelchairs. They can't leave the wheelchairs because, as you remember, Linda was in a wheelchair. Yes. She requests that Vince be in a wheelchair as well. Only how you pin, that way you can't. So it has to be a submission match. And so you have two people wheeling themselves around the ring trying to make each other submit which pretty which is pretty much just with an arm bar so right, yeah. <laughs> yeah so or maybe an awkward looking sleeper hold i don't know um but uh yeah i mean the street fight was entertaining for what it was in the original card this is not going to be entertaining because you see male and female violence which nobody wants to see right Leonard? right 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 especially between it's domestic violence too it's a married couple, yeah, right? domestic yeah a wheelchair submission domestic violence match yeah yeah <laughs> I want to I want to see like the wheelchair be involved in the submission, like an arm bar, like through the arm of the wheelchair type of thing. Like, yeah, that, is, that would be grotesque to see, actually. What's happening? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now that we're to our main events, and I I know what's left for both of us. I wonder if we booked the same main event. I think we might have booked. The I, same I guarantee main event. we didn't. Okay. We obviously we have the same one per party involved. I think I'll we do. I'll bet you we have a similar stipulation, but I guarantee mm-hmm. it's not the same thing. I guarantee. All right. Uh, I have a cleavage and pie on a pole match for the WWE World Heavyweight title, the champion The Rock versus Beaver Cleavage. <laughs> so Beaver Cleavage is considered to be another trademark Russo creation. Uh, he was played by Mosh of the Headbangers, also known as Chaz, who was involved in a domestic violence angle uh, with Marianne Kamalos, who played Mrs. Cleavage. Now, Mosh was still with the company at the time. He was there through July of 01. Kamalos was not there, but it doesn't matter. Get any blonde, big boobed woman and just say she's Mrs. Cleavage. It doesn't matter. So The Rock he, he is always Mrs. Cleavage, Leonard. Come on now. Yes. Mrs. Cleavage. So The Rock is always talking about pie. And this prompts Beaver Cleavage, who has not been on air for a very long time, to come out and say that his mom has the best pie and he eats his mom's pie all the time. So Rock wants some of that pie. And uh, so commentary would be really vague on what the rules are here. This is cringeworthy already, by the way. Yes, yes. So, <laughs> so the, again, very Russo asked is that you're vague on what the rules are to your gimmick match. Right. So Mrs. Cleavage is on a forklift, as Judy Bagwell was in that, in that famous match. And you have to get her down and eat some of the apple pie that she is holding. So Rock gets her down, then smashes the pie in Beaver's face. Some of the pie gets in Beaver's mouth, therefore he eats the pie, and per the, the vaguely defined rules of this match, on a technicality, Beaver Cleavage wins and becomes the new WWF World Heavyweight Champion. I don't even know what to say. Speechless by that one. That, yeah. uh, that's a horrible main event, and it definitely tops my horrible main event. Oh, I'm, I'm so uh, happy to hear that. I'm so well, happy. We do. We are more similar than I think I expected. So. Okay. I have the The Rock defending his WWF championship against 
the winner of the Royal Rumble in my universe, Perry Saturn, in a puppies on a pole match, and Terry Runnels is is on the pole for this one. And, nice. uh, you know, you have to uh, get her down from there, and whoever gets her down from there wins the title, I guess. Um, I definitely did not have it as thought out as your pie scenario. Yes. <laughs> like, well, maybe, I want maybe, once you get, maybe once you get Terry Reynolds down, you, you know, I was going to say motorboat, but maybe that's too uh, inappropriate. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, it's the attitude era. Yeah, it's true. Uh, maybe here's what you do. Here's what you do. Terry Reynolds is actually holding two puppies. <laughs> so she's holding two puppies to her chest. And when you get her down, you have to place her in a motorboat that is ringside. That's yeah. And when the rock tries to retrieve her, she hits him in the head with Moppy. And Perry Saturn then wins the WWF championship. I would have been so stoked for a WWF title run by Perry Saturn. <laughs> I'm the only one, but I would love I would love to have seen it. I would not have loved to have seen Beaver Cleavage win the WWF championship. Yeah. Here's the thing. I think you have the worst show overall, but I think I have some real golden nuggets in there of awfulness. You definitely yeah. have the worst main event. I'll agree. I have the worst main event. I have the worst main event. I think Undertaker versus Linda McMahon is, is horrible. And Triple H versus the Invisible Man is absolutely inspired. I'm going to brag about that. I thought that was genius when I came up with it. But those three, I think, are, are way, way, way above everything else. But your overall card, I think, is a lot worse than mine. Because my card, I think, is fun. I think that's a card that today yeah. people watch because it was so bad it was good. Right. Yours is just a poop sandwich. Yeah, it really is. It really is. That, if my card is a uh, pissing in the Cheerios style of, uh, of event. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that we'll wrap up our cards if you can come up with worse matches please let us know i'm sure ronnie will let us know about some bad matches yeah i'm sure he'll have some genius ones and maybe we should do this again i'm not sure what other shows we could do with this but i would love to do another unbooking once i got started on this i had a really good time although i i don't know if i if i could top this because well, you know i think if we were doing like wrestlemania 12 I think that yeah. if it would just a one match card, in a three hour Iron Man match between between Bret Hart and Bam Bam Bigelow, um, what do you think? Would you watch that? <laughs> I would uh, probably fast forward through it. Yeah. I'd watch it, but I don't fast forward so I could get to like the good. A three hour Iron Man match. I can't even imagine what that would look like. I, I love that. I, I love that. I also, one time in one of those fancy leagues that I do, I booked a, I, it was like a five minute Iron Man match. Nice. <laughs> and I think it ended like 12 to 10 or something weird. Like that. Yeah, it was, it was just like a bunch of roll ups. It was just rolls up, roll up, roll up, roll up, roll up. That's amazing. All right. Well, let us know what you think of our unbooking idea. Uh, maybe we'll bring that back uh, because this was fun to do. It was. Sure. And, uh, for Leonard, my name is Chad. We will see you next week, and Alexa will see you out. <laughs>